My name is Dr. David Pierce, and I mean, we've been enjoying this beautiful weather we've having outside with the sunshine, and I've been getting a little redder in my face and my arms from, from it. But outside of that, I've been reading and studying in the Old Testament, the stories of the Old Testament, and usually in Bible school through the years, that's usually what the area I've taught on. But as I'm reading these stories, I usually try to find some practical application uh, of them. And one I've recently observed was that successful kings, that God would test them with their success. And we think of um, what would that test be? What would you be tested on for success? Well, lo and behold, I find out that it's pride. Now, there's many areas of the topic of pride we could talk about, but we want to just focus on one little area about it. And that is the pride from success. Because in that success, we can become proudful. Just think for ourselves, what, what area we may become proudful. Well, let's say you've been wanting to get married for a long time and you get married, or you have children, or you got a change in a job that's really good. Or how about this, the area of education and a career? You get a degree and you, you see, sometimes it'd be very easy to become very proudful about that degree. I remember back in the time, well, what is it, 18 years ago when I received the Doctorate of Divinity degree from a seminary in the United States. And you know, there's something, that, a doctor's degree is usually what people acquire and feel that they've achieved. And it's so easy to become proudful in that situation. But how did you arrive at that? Well, for mine, it was a doctor of divinity. So it was for something. And at that time, it was for 40 years of ministry. And I thought, I survived 40 years of ministry. I think I, I earned it for that. Well, now 20 more years have gone by. So we, we realize we can be very easily become proudful and misuse what God really blessed us with and why it was there and what it's for. So the first king I want to think about is, uh, look at is David. David, we know, was a great king, powerful king, a king that had, had a heart after God. But we notice later on near the end of his career as a king that there was an issue came up where he wanted to challenge the, and uh, well, he challenged his commander of his army, Joab, to count the people and take a census. Well, we read in the Bible, in one account, it says that God was angry with Israel. In another account in the Chronicles, it, it says that Satan came and tempted them, uh, David, to do this. Well, we don't want to get into the logistics of that, of what that's all about. What we want to focus on is just a simple thing. David was trying to... Number the people, the census. Now, we know a census is never a popular thing. <laughs> a census can mean to the citizens of a country, it can mean maybe more taxes, or it mean being conscripted into the military to sign up. Well, we find in David's case, it was about, what, his numbers. And Israel had always been told not to really base their success on their numbers, 
but to base their success on the presence of God that helped them in the times of, that they were had uh, encounters with the enemy and when David went out to fight. Well, one thing we noticed that, there, that I observed from this test that David became proudful, it says, is that there's always serious consequences because of, of the uh, test and David becoming proudful he repented immediately and asked God that to forgive him. And that's one thing about David, but to realize there was still a consequences for what he had done. And he had the choice of being at the mercy of uh, the enemy. I think it was for three months. And then the, the, the other choice was that he could be at the mercy of God for three days. And he said, well, at least God might show mercy. Well, I think it's something like 70,000 people died just like that in a day because of what he had done. Well, let's look at another king. The other king was Uzziah. Uzziah uh, began to reign at the age of 16. I think he ruled for 52 years. Uzziah was a very good king. In fact, it says he was very prosperous. Uh, first king that was prosperous from the time of Solomon. Well, he was successful, he honored God. We, we, we notice that uh, Uzziah, his father was Ahaz, and Ahaz was an evil king. I find this interesting. One king honors God, and the next king doesn't honor God. So the nation goes as how the leadership is in the country. But we find that Ahaz, it says that he uh, offered his children upon the altar, and burned them for sacrifice, that he had uh, closed up the temple, the house of God. But, and then we find out that he also uh, had uh, shrines. He had worship, altars built on every corner, it says, in Jerusalem, which wasn't good. But here we come with Uzziah, and he comes as a young teenager to rule, and he becomes a very successful and a very good king that honors God and God blesses him. But what happens later on, we read in the scriptures, it says that he be, when, he, when he became powerful, he became proud. And he took it upon himself to go into the temple of God and to offer incense at the altar of incense. Well, the high priest withstood him and told him, you can't do this. There, it says that there was 80 other priests stopped him, but in his fit of rage, we notice that uh, Uzziah, proceeded to offer the incense anyway, and he became leprous. Well, he says that he was leprous till the day of his death. Well, that's not good, and we don't read anywhere where he repented of that. That's a sad ending to a very successful king. And I'm reminded of this when I read these stories, that pride can enter in. And like Uzziah, he didn't even repent of what he had done, which was wrong in the sight of God. Because the house of God, the temple, represented the presence of God, and he invaded and intruded upon God's standard, which was there in the presence of God in the temple. We could take a practical application for that for a moment for ourselves. We are now the temple of God, for God's presence dwells. So we have to be careful that we don't allow to, to do things in a prideful manner 
that discredit and dishonor our body because it is the house of God, the temple of God where his spirit is dwelling. The next king we think about is uh, Hezekiah. Hezekiah, I believe he started to rule, he was about 25 years of age and he uh, ruled for 29 years. So it means he wasn't that old when he actually died. But Hezekiah was a real good king as we read about the kings in Israel. And again, when we talk about Hezekiah, his father wasn't that honorable and neither was his son. His son after him was Manasseh and he ruled and it says that he was a very evil king. But Hezekiah did, had many accomplishments. We have the story of Nebuchadnezzar, not Nebuchadnezzar, um, Sennacherib coming to uh, attack Jerusalem and try to tear it down and make them captive. And they call out to God, the king calls out to God, and the prophet calls out to God, and God intervenes. And we find, what was that, 184, 185,000 of the Syrian army was killed in one night by an angel. Just an angel showed up, and they were dead. Well, he had many uh, encounters where God gave him blessing and favor as he strengthened the city and fortified it and built up other uh, cities where he was successful at uh, building it up to protect them. But we find that Hezekiah, through as the story proceeds, we find that he got sick and he was dying from an infection or something and he was dying. And the prophet Isaiah is told to go and tell him to set his house in order and he's going to die. Well, Hezekiah says that he turned to the wall, cried out to God and said to God, it's not the dead that worship you, it's the living. So he's crying out to God for mercy and God was merciful to him. So as the prophet Isaiah was leaving the courtyard, God tells him, go back and tell him, you're gonna have an extension of your life. In fact, tell him you'll have 15 years added onto his life. Well, Hezekiah was blessed with that. And then the prophet also said, there'll be a sign given to you. And what was it? Was that the sundial would back up and the sun wouldn't go down by several degrees, which represented a couple hours that the sun stood in the sky and didn't set right then. Well, after this, we find that there was many uh, of the kings and people in the other countries surrounding Israel thought this was a remarkable thing that Isaiah, or pardon me, Hezekiah had recovered from his um, sickness and been miraculously healed and the miraculous sign of the sundial. Well, as we read in the scriptures, we find there was a certain group that came from Babylon, that also came to pay homage to him and acknowledge the sign that had taken place for Hezekiah. We read in the scriptures that Hezekiah at that time became proud and he showed to these people being from a far country, thinking, well, they'll never mean nothing, they're so far away that um, he just showed it, it says all his treasures, everything. Now we realize we, we today, we'd have our treasures in bank accounts, stocks, and maybe houses and properties. Well, there to me, I, I think about, no, these treasures, many of them were hidden in caves and locked up, sealed and kept there. So he shows all these treasures that are hidden away. 
to these ambassadors from Babylon. And then the prophet comes to Hezekiah and tells him, do you know what? That was a bad thing you did. And he says, those very people, that nation that saw those treasures someday are going to come back to take that treasures away. And it happened later on, a good number of years later, where Israel went into captivity. So we notice here, I'm almost finished. This isn't a very long vlog, but I hope I say something that will help you. And I notice here in the scriptures, I want to read from 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 25 and 26, talking about Hezekiah. It says, but Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him, and he became proud. So the Lord's anger came against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 26, then Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride, as did the people of Jerusalem. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. And that's great. Now it tells us about really what was the crux of all this test that Hezekiah had to uh, face up to. In verse 31 of chapter 32 of Second Chronicles, because Chronicles is giving us a summary of certain uh, accounts and stories, he says, however, when uh, ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, get this, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. God withdrew himself, his presence, from Hezekiah to see what was really in his heart. You know, the thing with success, we can so easily forget God's mercy, his grace, his empowerment that comes upon us. And we've, I don't know, I just think about this topic. We could be talking about not making it, but there's the other spectrum where we do make it. We are successful. We had an accomplishment. And then we can forget that God had a part to play in this, and it wasn't just about us. You think another story is not about good kings, but King Nebuchadnezzar, where he was warned that if he didn't acknowledge God, and God humbled him, and he became insane for seven years. And it says at the end that he looked up to heaven, and he acknowledged that there was a God in heaven that had control over the kingdoms, over his kingdom. I, I would say, God, help us. We have times of success that we don't forget who helped us to arrive at that point. And so the question I ask for you today, is there points or areas in your life where you maybe have become proud about your accomplishments? Let's say even in sports. Could have accomplishments. It's so many, it's so easy for it to happen. And it's so easy to push God aside. And it could be that God is, at times withdraws his presence just to test our heart, to see where it's at. I 
I remind myself of this. These stories speak volumes to me that I would continue to have the fear of God in my heart, that I would be afraid to miss out. I would not want to be like what happened to David, be determined to number the people. Happened what Uzziah, not even to repent, just think he can go do things in the house of God that were not in his category to do. Or like Hezekiah, have miraculously be healed and signs of God shown. And then forget how good God had been to him. The good thing about Hezekiah, he repented. And it says, we read it, that even all the city repented, Jerusalem. And so God stayed the judgment. Remember I said, there's serious consequences when we don't pass the test and we allow pride to rise up. That said that the judgment would come at a later time upon Jerusalem and the people of God. Well, I'm just going to have a word of prayer uh, at this time. And... Um, it's so good to be able to share with you. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and all your mercies that you've given to us in so many different ways. And Father, I'm asking that who's ever viewing this and listening to this, that they would examine their heart and say, is there any area of loud pride? Because Father, I don't want to see them be sidelined, miss their best, and miss God's full destiny in their life. I thank you in Jesus' wonderful name.